Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Team at sport-social.co.uk Hello, welcome back to the Masterclass, the Mash Night Tactical Podcast. Today, we will obviously not be talking about the game, Rob. It will not be a tactical masterclass. We will not be talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's tactics, tactics or setup because the game is off. And what we saw today, Rob, was we saw a massive Glazers out protest. And I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. I'll be honest with you. It's the first time we've seen the fan base mobilize. We saw them together. We saw them united. Uh, it was a great show for the rest of the world as well, Rob. You know, fans on the pitch, and some people disagree with that. But what we saw is we really saw, you know, the fact 16 years of hurt, 16 years of being ignored, 16 years of the Glazers taking money out of the club and not caring about what goes on on the pitch. And, you know, it's finally taken us such a long time, but we're here and uh, we got the game postponed. So what are your thoughts on it? And do you think it was a success uh, in, I'll say a battle, not the war, because I think there's many, many more of these sort of protests to come. Today was very much success for Manchester United fans. Um, and I think we kind of have to, you know, in this show, we will try and provide some balance, don't we? Because we are a tactical show. We try and keep it calm, not get too high, not get too low. We all know the catchphrases. Um, but today was about something else and was about, as you said, 16 years of hurt. Today has been a long time coming. It's not this week. It's not the European Super League. It's not the continued misinvestments of Manchester United and what's been going on in the football club since Fergie left. It's not all of those things. It's a kind of barometer of where Manchester United stand in 2021 with this ownership and what this ownership have done. Um, we saw some amazing scenes today. Really, the numbers that turned up at Old Trafford were outstanding. Uh, we will go into a little bit more depth about 
the storming of Old Trafford, which was completely peaceful. Uh, you know, we, we did see some or one or two um, kind of snippets of uh, damage inside the stadium. But I think we really have to underline that 99.9% of today's protests were peaceful. And all I can say is how come this didn't happen 10 years ago? Why did this not happen when they took the club over? You know, we used to talk about these things at Old Trafford all the time about how do you mobilise? How do you find a way to get a camera to capture that moment where it shows Manchester United fans their real discourse towards this ownership? And today you finally got that. You finally saw what Manchester United fans feel in and around Old Trafford about these owners who have completely damaged Manchester United as a football team and will continue to damage us if they stay in charge. Yeah, absolutely, Rob. Well said. I think one of the, the biggest things was um, the sheer numbers, Rob. The sheer numbers of how many people turned up. We all thought there'd be quite a few, obviously. There was one last week and we thought this week would be more, but it was absolutely in droves. You know, obviously, you know, I was gonna I was gonna go up, but we we decided we'd do the masterclass. Obviously, there's no game to do it on. But that was the thing I think that was most striking. You know, obviously we're in COVID pandemic times, and I think that's what the media are doing. You know, there's a good comment here from Yehuda saying so much hypocrisy in the media, it's unreal. You obviously work in the media, Sky doing everything they can to highlight the actions of one or two fans to stay in the whole fan base. That's exactly it, isn't it? It's the fact that there are a few that did cross the line, did vandalize, whereas a vast majority didn't. And you know, after what happened with the European Super League, you saw all the pundits come out and discuss about how terrible these owners are so now the fans are doing that the fans are stepping up and they're actually making their voices heard and the same pundits are turning around and saying that how dare the fans do this how dare they postpone it what can the fans actually do because at the end of the day they're damned if they do or they're damned if they don't i think we need to again add some balance to the comment that sky are doing this that or the other um graham Souness is doing this and Gary Neville and Cara and Roy Keane are doing the other. And I think even Mika Richards for kind of the attempts and stuff that he was saying. So let's not feel that the media is against this. I do believe that obviously the corporations are because this is about the big business, the big box approach uh, of money in football. So, yes, Sky will be saying one thing as an organisation. But it's a big news story, isn't it? It's a huge news story that Manchester United fans have finally got off of their backsides and have gone to the stadium and have done something that's a little bit kind of off the script. Now, I know fans have done it before and we've done it in their hundreds and there's been plenty of protests over the years, but there's never been a way to mobilise those one billion United fans. And I've said it on our show before about how do you do that? It's very, very difficult. It's not something that's easy. You're always going to get some people who lean towards violence, who leans towards uh, the exceptional doing something that that is is too much, gone too far, that actually brings detriment to the the overall kind of movement and feeling of, of the protest. That might well have happened. You know, this game has been called off for a reason. We're not 100% sure what that reason was. But I do believe that it was just simply because the stadium was compromised. Um, from what we're hearing, and it is only rumour, that the fans didn't actually break into the stadium. They were let into the stadium. Now, I don't know what that means but you can make it your mind up yourself. Um, but they got into that stadium without force and without causing a really a lot of damage. We know that we did see uh, someone throw a, a TV camera. And of course, the stadium was swept all the way through. The police were in there and all of those things. 
But I just think today is, is something that will go down in Manchester United history because today the, the fans kind of, they understand what the Glazers are doing to this football club. But it's difficult to proclaim that to the world. So let's use Graeme Nasunas and Sky, as, we, as some of the comments are saying here. You know, Graeme Nasunas said, but this is just football, isn't it? This is how football is. And to a point, he's right. It is kind of indicative of the whole of the game. You know, the game is rotten from top to bottom. It's a sport I earn my own living in. But that's not our fault. You know, that's the way that the system is at the moment. And what Graham said was completely wrong. But what Gary Neville said was completely right, is that we have had enough. And I sit here today, not as a journalist, but I sit here as a Manchester United fan, someone who attends every game, obviously pre-pandemic, pre, uh, who loves this football club. And as I've said before, fourth generation Manchester United fan. And I want to keep going to my team's games. I want to keep loving this football club. But I tell you what, it's really, really difficult when you've got these owners. It's really, really difficult when they rub your nose in it. It's really difficult that in 16 years they've not even spoken to the fans officially because they have no interest in us as, as fans. They see us as customers. So it's a red letter day today, Haydar. And I think it's one of those things where, where hopefully, you know, whatever the news that comes off the back of this, that there wasn't anything more serious in terms of um, the police maybe making an announcement about Maybe the team were compromised at the hotel or something along those lines. We don't know that at the moment. That's not fact. So I don't really want to talk about it too much. But what is a fact is this. Football fans will get your games cancelled if you rub their noses in it. If you tell football fans that they don't have a say in their game, the game that they love and that they invest in both their money and their hearts and their souls, then you're in trouble. Because even Manchester United and Liverpool is not immune to it. Today, this game was called off because Manchester United fans let their feelings be known to an ownership. And this is being beamed around the world. Every news source in the world is running it as their top story. And now that the game has actually been cancelled, this is now ultimately probably going to be the biggest news story of the whole week. Absolutely, Robin. What I will say as well is that you saw with the European Super League, you know, something's ignited the fan base. And I think one of the biggest positives is that people are just sick of it now. And then also other fans are seeing what the Glazers are really like. And I do want to talk about, you know, the manner of the protest because we have touched on that. By and large, I thought it's fantastic. I thought that, you know, visually it looked brilliant, obviously, with all the, the, the flares. I thought that the, the turnout was fantastic, um, largely peaceful. I'd say 99% peaceful. But... You know, the question that has been asked around sort of on Twitter and people are discussing, you know, what's a peaceful protest? Because inevitably, Rob, when you're in a crowd mentality, there's always going to be a small, small minority that will do something stupid because that's just human nature. Right. Not everyone's going to do it in the right way. But United have peacefully protested for 16 years. I say protested because, you know, we saw in 2005, we saw in 2010 and. You know, Graham Sooners, for example, turned around and said, United are doing this, fans are doing this because they're not winning. That's absolutely rubbish, Rob, because in 2010, we were winning. We got into Champions League final. We won it in 08, Champions League final 09. 2011, the year later, after 2010, we got to Champions League final again. We were winning titles. And ultimately, what's happened now, Rob, is the fan base have had enough. But in terms of the protests, do you think that although there were a few that were, let's say, you know, below the belt, by and large, we've been peaceful. But today, breaking into the stadium or going into the stadium, going onto the pitch, sometimes you have to push the boat out further 
to be noticed, to be seen. Will this turn? Will this now make the Glazers turn around and notice what's going on? Or do you think it's just one of those things where United have to keep on doing this, keep on having protests, keep on staying together to try and push them out of the club, essentially? Well, let's just close down Graeme Souness just very quickly before we carry on and I answer that point. Uh, Graeme Souness is a guy that certainly didn't uh, protest against the Liverpool protests against Glazer, against uh, Gillette and Hicks when they were running their football club really badly. So that's one point, yeah. The second point is that Graeme Souness, once upon a time in a Turkish football match, went and planted a flag in the middle of the football pitch and probably caused all sorts of violence in that football stadium because of that moment. So Graeme Souness, we're not really listening to him at all. There's plenty of other, I would say, more informed voices, certainly even on telly today, who have got a better idea of what we're talking about here. Uh, yes, Hayda, what you said is your answer to that. We need this now to happen continually and consistently. A one-off moment like this today doesn't really do a lot. Yeah, it will make the stories for a few days. And then in old school terms, it will be fish and chip paper. That's how it is. Um, but like you said earlier on, you know, the two weeks that we've had now since European Super League and everything that's gone with it, this has kind of relit the fire for, for football fans. And it's now about how do Manchester United fans coordinate? How do they How do they carry on this? And the thing is, if things just go back to normal and games are played and fans don't turn up or fans don't protest, or maybe say the size of the voice gets smaller and maybe the passion decreases or whatever, then it's over already. Then today is pointless, isn't it? Um, it's just important now that we see protests continue. Now, there's always the COVID issue, and I think that that is a, a much bigger kind of um, kind of scientific fact of all of this about safety and how do you protest safely we can talk about breaking into football stadiums and the merit of that and whether you should be doing those things or whether you should be breaking the law etc etc what we do know is this is that protest in our society is something that is our right we have our rights to protest and we have our rights to kind of be able to demonstrate and show our discourse in a certain way and i would say today that the vast majority of those United fans, I know a lot of the people that were there and I know journalists who were there as well covering the game have all said that it was pretty much peaceful, that it was nothing over the top, that, yeah, there was maybe one or two drunk people and maybe one or two people threw a can here or there or whatnot. Those things will never be condoned. We will never advocate violence in our name as football fans, as Manchester United fans. I'm old enough to remember when violence was at every football stadium and hooliganism was a normal thing and you did see it in the stands. Those days have gone in English football. They don't exist anymore. So when we protest, we can't go back to the good old bad old days and pretend that we're something else because that's not what we are anymore. That's not who we are. But we are still United fans. We still want an ownership that listens to the fans, that reflects our values as, as football supporters who go and support this team, that give our money to this football team. And do we want to run the whole club? No. But do we want a model and a voting rights system, a 50 plus one system that helps us? 100%. And we need to protect 
English football. This is, I think, my tip, is that this is not just about Manchester United. This is about the whole of English football because most billionaire owners don't care about fans. They care about their billions in the bank and making those billions grow. And that doesn't matter whether you're the Glazers or whether you're an Abu Dhabi consortium who are doing it for sports washing. You're still doing it for the same reason. It's still to increase your wealth, still to increase your power and your standing. And it's the same for both of these two clubs in Manchester. But today we've seen it on the United side. Absolutely, Rob. And that's the thing, you know, it's you talk about protests and there are a lot of protests going on in this country. We're seeing the ones, you know, sort of, you know, people are people are protesting for the right to protest. You know, sort of you're seeing that in London, I believe it today or it was the other day and the right to protest. You know, what is the right way to protest, though? Because we can go peacefully. We're not heard. You go on the pitch, you're condemned. Um, you know, you don't go into games. Like you said, we, we spoke off air, didn't we, last week? And I'll let you actually explain it. Talk talk about your view on what will be effective, you know, going to games when we're allowed back in. I, I've always been inspired by kind of peaceful protesting. And I think when you go back, and it, look, we're talking about football here, but it does have a kind of much deeper rooted system of, of how do you make change happen in a in a system that doesn't allow change you know this is kind of the bigger question isn't it about money and power and who's in charge of stuff well you know you, you're going to look at the kind of protest through maybe the civil rights movement all the way up to where we are today with black lives matter and think about what we've seen in america over the last kind of last year but then how that inspired worldwide protests and again largely peaceful yes Things got burnt. Things were set on fire. None of that is can be condoned because that's always a small, tiny minority of what's actually happening. And yes, the TV cameras might pick it up and that becomes the buzz, doesn't it? Now, this is the same thing with what we've seen today. You know, we'll see that image of the guy grabbing a, a TV camera and throwing it on the pitch because it makes good copy. You know, that's what happens. It will be the picture of the day for the news, but it certainly will not be the picture of the day on social media. It won't be the picture of the day on Twitter. It won't be the picture of the day in Manchester United fans' minds. What people will think of today is the green and gold smoke outside the stadium and people singing for their football club, Haydar. So this is where we've got to go. You know, this is what I think. And I said it years and years ago. Doesn't When Glazers took over, I remember saying and writing at the time that we need to at least see what these owners are. And there was a lot of fans at the time who criticised me for that. And they, they left the football club. They went and formed FC United of Manchester and they formed their own football club because they were protesting against really capitalism, against the system about, you know, billionaire owners from abroad who know nothing about our team and I said calm because that's kind of what I do everyone knows this but it took time it took us time to get to a moment where we realized that, that there was no more time and it's been coming a long long time Haydar so what would I do I would love to see orchestrated protests again pandemics aside not talking about COVID or the safety issues around this but as I said to you last week if 50,000 season ticket holders refuse to enter the stadium every game when we're back in football and we're back there and we go and sit on the floor outside Old Trafford in cold winter nights in our coats and we sing for our football club, that will be the biggest news story in the world every week, every day. And do you know what? How long did it take the Glazers to apologise and give up on their £10 billion European Super League? 
Yeah, it took them all of about 24 hours. Now, I don't think today we'll, we'll trigger that, but it wouldn't actually take that much sustained protest if it was done correctly to get the result you want. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the government react to this. I'm sure that they will go the other route now and say, oh, we know we people breaking into stadiums is a terrible thing and all of this. But like I just said to you there, we don't know if they actually did break in or whether they were let in. Two different, very, two very different things. Um, but is there a way here now to kind of move forward, not just for Manchester United, but maybe every club in the Premier League, every English club? You know, Gary Neville said something very, very interesting earlier on, and I want to pick up on it. He said that Manchester United's owners and obviously the owners of the big six were happy to create a famine in English football and a famine in European football so they could take all the money. And this is what we have to hold on to. That is fact. Yeah, that is a fact. It's not theory. It's a fact. They were willing to kill the game in this country and ultimately kill our love of our football club. You know, look what we're wearing. You have a green and gold on. I've got an old school United top on. We love this football club. We are here. We want to be here for the whole of our lives, the duration. We want to pass on our, our love to everyone we meet and to family and the continuation of, of supporting a football club. But I tell you what, we're all gone if it carries on like this. We are gone. We're not staying. Every one of us, doesn't matter. And, and if you love Manchester United, that's the reason why you go, because you've had enough. And that's and the so question they, here, Rob, you know, for, from Benjamin asking, would we consider boycotting games and going grassroots? I said this last week. I've said there's two scenarios. If the Saudis came in for personal reasons, uh, people that listen to the podcast will know this. Uh, basically, if I just quickly give a summary, you know, my parents, my, my granddad used to live in Saudi Arabia. He got forced out. You know, everything got taken from him when he came to this country. And, uh, you know, the, the other reason would be this, Rob, you know, seeing something like the European Super League. And that's the thing, you know, sometimes enough's enough. And we've spoken about this, haven't we? That when does enough become enough? And these owners have just sucked out the enjoyment from football. And we've said this for a while that, you know, we have in some ways been also been complicit haven't we because we also went and bought kits over the years i mean i haven't bought a kit for now nearly two three years uh, we bought kits we went to games you know we uh we almost allowed this to happen and but now it needs to change doesn't it this this needs to stop and when hey, we look just at turning on the telly just turning on the telly to watch united is being complicit right so it's not yeah. even about someone going to the club shop or logging onto the internet to buy a shirt that's one part of it but if you support the club, there is an element that says to you, well, you support the ownership. Now, we can make that like, you know, like today, we've seen that there is a difference between being a Manchester United fan and supporting the Glazers. But if you support the Glazers ecosystem of finance, another one of my favorite words, then very, very much so you are part of it. You are part of that ecosystem. So this is kind of where we're getting to, I think, with the European Super League, is that it's not really a case of whether we have a Super League, it was everything that went along with it. The closed shop mentality, yeah. the way that they were willing to pillage, you know, almost in like a way that empires did over the last 200 years of being able to go to a different place and just take yeah, what just, you just want, take, take yeah. it all for you because you is, you're all that matters and they don't matter and we're off into the sunset with all the gold. And that's what Manchester United was saying. You know, Daniel Levy at Tottenham was saying this, you know, kind of talking about how they were doing it. They were trying to protect themselves, but by protecting themselves, they were willing to throw everyone else under the team bus. So 
this is where we are with it. And this is why fans won't tolerate it because we're not going to watch our football club do this to, to itself, to us, but also just to the general ethos of competition. We love football because it's the ultimate sport. And once you take the sport out of the game, then there's nothing else to love. Yeah, so what I said last week, Rob, you know, we love football for the fact that Leicester won the Premier League, that Greece won the Euros, you know, the, that Atalanta are inching well above their weight. They're sitting second, got a fraction of a of a budget compared into Juve, and they're playing the best, most attractive football in Serie A. That's why we love football. You know, Alan's got a good comment here, Rob, saying they have to take away their money. You know, Adidas is unhappy. We saw that report come out yesterday about the falling shirt sales and not being consulted about the European Super League boycott their commercial partners and force them to put pressure on the Glazers. Let's actually talk about that, about what we can do next, because there is another question here um, from Ahsoka saying, do you guys think that this kind of protest is sustainable? Even if it doesn't force the Glazers out, would it mean that Glazers spend considerably more this summer? What I do want to touch on about that, I'm not thinking about transfers. I think that's wrong as well. And that's when there's a lot of fans who are, I understand, you know, United versus Liverpool, it is the biggest game possibly in Europe, Rob, I would say it is the game. And that's why it's so impressive what we what the fans have managed to do. But when we have a look at what's important here, Rob, in my opinion, those that are upset the game is over, that is just, that doesn't mean anything. This is a dead rubber of a game. The bigger issue is the Glazers. The bigger issue is putting the message out there. The bigger issue is making our voice heard. And that's what happened today. I don't care what's happening in the summer. Obviously, you know, I like to think that I want us to sign Sancho, but Rob, you know, focus on the issue here. It's the Glazers. You need to get them out. They're the issues because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Playing against Liverpool today did not matter. It was a nothing game. And and that's the thing. I know there are a lot of fans that are upset about it. But with all due respect, you know, it's, it's just nonsense, isn't it? It is. Look, football's a part. Football's part of our lives. You know what I mean? The ebb and flow of life. You know that kind of scheduling that gets into your veins. You know, at the weekends as a game, and you work. You work around those things. That's that's part of why we love it. But it really is missing the point if we're talking today about about why a football match didn't happen, or or are you upset that you're you know a game didn't happen, a huge match? And as I said to you before we went live, you know there'd be a lot of football fans today that will be just kind of turning on their screens, their TVs to watch the game and finding out that the game is off, literally as we're talking now. There'll be a whole demographic of people that don't know this is happening around the world. But of course, it's spreading very quickly through social media. But the other side of it is this. So how does this continue? What do we do from here? How do you impact the Glazers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Well, individually, we can all do a little bit. You can stop buying the kits. You can stop investing. You can stop giving the club your money. You can stop liking their tweets. Can you think about these little things? We take it for granted, but if you like a load of Man United tweets, this is part of their strategy to make money. Why? Because they use those stats to go to big business and say, we put this little tweet out and look, it got a million likes. Stop liking it. Don't like it. Leave it. You don't have to do it. So there's lots of kind of very small things that have impact on a much larger scale. Now, you were talking about Adidas there and kind of, you know, is it sustainable also to be able to carry on these protests? We'll put it this way, twofold. Um, Adidas are obviously Manchester United's major backer. We know this and they're not happy with how things are. And they do not want to kind of initiate the same kind of kit deal that they gave us when they kind of gave us a very, very generous deal. They don't want to do that. Why? Not really about winning, but just more about sales and money and COVID and all the stuff that goes with it. Will fans turn up 
like they did today at every game? Maybe, maybe not. Again, like, uh, again, Gary never said it, you know, they didn't turn up at the Roma game. But it's a bit different on a kind of evening when it's freezing cold and everyone's at work. Will United fans turn up at every weekend match at Old Trafford? Now, we're at the end of the season. I think, yes, I think they will. We get the biggest away following pretty much out of any football club. Don't kid yourself that the only fans that support Manchester United live in China. It's not real. It's not true. Manchester United in Manchester and in the UK have got the biggest fan base and the biggest travelling fan base and the most loyal fan base. Doesn't matter what you think. I know lots of... I get told all the time, I get told told all the time that United fans are glory hunters. And do you know what? A lot are. They are. They have been over the years. But there's a core fan base which is enormous and huge. And they will do what it takes for their football club. If they think turning up will help get the Glazers out or change the ownership model, they are going to turn up. And this is kind of the tipping point. This is kind of where we've been for a long time. What really triggers it? And do you know what? If there wasn't a pandemic, today we'd have had 76,000 at Old Trafford for the game. I would have been there in my seat watching United Liverpool and there'd have been no protests or there would have been a small protest and it would have just got lost in the crowds. But because there is a pandemic going on, this is now news, you know, thousands outside Old Trafford. And yes, going into the stadium itself is a bigger news event on its own. But can it continue? I think it can continue, certainly for the short term, but it's something that has to con- that has to be consistent going forward. It has to be orchestrated by must, must have to be the guys uh, that kind of be at the centre of it. And you have to do it. You have to do it in a political. You have to do it in a political sense. You've got to do it in a political sense, Haydar. You've got to do it like this is a political movement. This is not about me, me, me. This isn't about where the money flows. It's about this is about love of a football club and how you actually support that football club and how do you do it going forward? How do you support the team without just giving it all away? Because that's where we are at the moment. We're at a place where we know that the Glazers will come back with their European Super League. They definitely will. Next time, they'll just go, well, do you know what? We're not bothered about match-going fans. We're not bothered about people in Manchester. We'll just sell our product to all the guys around the world. And we will turn United just into a global fan base. And yeah, we all talk about legacy fans and global fans. And I really don't like that. I just think it's it's ridiculous. If you love Manchester United, you can love them from anywhere around the world. But it's about how you feel about the health of Manchester United. And at the moment, there is a cancer at the football club. And I don't use that word lightly. You know, there is a cancer in the team. And that cancer is the ownership. And it needs to be cut out. Yeah, absolutely well said, Ro. I think the the general consensus in the comments is uh, of agreement. You know, and it's great, that, Rob. That's what we love about the fan base. So it is so diverse that it, that it is the club is supported from every corners of the of the you know of the globe. But what I do want to say, Rob, as well, is that let's talk about the players because obviously a lot of lot of people, uh, Sky said it as well. You know, they didn't that they didn't feel it was right decision was made that they didn't feel it was right to bring the players into this situation to play that's what has come out but in terms of the players you know what what would this have done for them or what would they have been thinking because they're not they're not stupid they know what's going on in this club and a lot of players you know Paul Pogba was one of them who who wants to see United win has wanted to see better players come in Bruno Fernandes is another player like that I'm sure Marcus Rashford is a player like that you know they want to see the club competing. Man United haven't won a title since 2013. Let that sink in. They haven't got to a Champions League semi-final for 10 years. That is not good enough for a club the size of Man United. We're talking about Man United but, up there but, with but, the Real Madrid, the Barca's and all but that. This is, not, this is not about any of that. 
This is not about no, where we, we are. No, this is not about winning is... stuff. It's it, like we've got to be careful because the Graham Soonesses of the world are inserting that earlier on, saying, but if you're successful, you're quiet. Now, I stood there. I think one of my, my friends, Ben, is watching us here. I stood with him in Moscow for the game where I saw us win the Champions League final and we were there in the rain and it was horrible and all of this. But I can remember those conversations from that day. And the main conversation was, was that where was the football club going under the Glazers? And we knew it was going to get worse. And we said it on that day. We went... Here we are winning the Champions League and this will probably be the last time we see that for a really, really long time. I was at that game before when obviously Fergie came and went and we got knocked out of the Champions League after he left uh, and we were with David Moyes. And I can remember listening to the Champions League music and going, this is probably the last time in a stadium that I will hear this music to my team. You know, it means something. There's a connection to Haydar, but we've got to be careful that this is no, not where, about where I'm coming from. No, no, not, it's not about trophies. It's not about transfer spends. It's not about Jaden Sancho. It's not about Haaland. It's not about any of those things. It's not about success on a pitch. It's not about putting the ball in the top corner. This is about acute football politics. This is about how the system runs itself and what fans mean in that system. And we've got to hold on to that because we see it in Germany. They do it really well in Germany. They look after their football clubs. We need to get a little bit more German. No, I, I agree with that completely. You know, where I'm coming from is... You've seen the players have seen the fans. The manager's seen mm. the fans do what they do, and you know we talk about let's say Oli having influence, you know, and, and he has got influence behind the scenes. Um, you know, seeing this collective Glazer out movement, you know, this is going to have an impression on the players, whether it's positive or negative. It's going to have an impact on the manager, whether it's positive or negative. And I think that what we have to do as fans, we have to keep it going. You know, we have to keep on pushing because at the end of the day. You know, it's about the togetherness. It's about fighting for that bigger cause. Why I mentioned the players is that obviously the players were essentially, you know, the bus was stopped from leaving. They were just seeing what's going on. You know, the question is, you know, how would the players have reacted to this? That's where I'm coming from. I think the play look, the players and, and the management, I obviously include Ole in that, uh, can't do anything. What can they do? They're employed by the football club. They're employed by the Glazers. They work for them. You know, if you don't like something at work and it's in your office, do you go and throw your office table over and say, bosses, I don't like this? No, it doesn't happen. So ultimately, the game was called off today. The players were ready for the game. They would have been prepared. I don't think any of them are kind of crying tears at the end of it going, we didn't play a game of football today. They would have preferred to. But ultimately, you know, you can't have a stadium where fans have got in and then think that that's safe. You know, just from normal kind of health and safety constructs, this game was always going to get called off. I was really surprised that when it, that it was postponed to start off with and people were saying, yeah, oh, but, 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 you know, I've, my first, I think I, my first tweet was that this game cannot go ahead because how do you know that one of those fans hasn't done something in the stadium? We don't know. I was in the stadium the day for the Bournemouth match when we had the bomb scare and I was sat in my seat because I get in there early and I can remember the, the hell in that moment. And I can remember running out of the stadium with a load of other United fans because we were told that there was a bomb in the stadium. So you cannot just trust things. You have to kind of do them properly. How can you run a football match with the biggest game in the world today? You can't. Manchester United-Liverpool is the biggest game in the world today. There's no doubt about it. And there'll be lots of even casual football fans inquiring what's going on today. The good thing is that message has been translated, Haydar, both to the players to Ole, they all know the sentiment around the football club. They can't do anything. But look at Marcus Rashford. He's a Manchester United fan. He gets it. 
He knows. There's other Man United fans in this squad. They know. They get it. Born around Manchester. Families around Manchester. They get these things. They know why it's happening. And that's why we can't really subscribe to the other side of it about the, the few idiots that are there who are gonna who are going to throw a few things and maybe engage the police. The police are there. The police can deal with them. And if they're going to get a criminal record for it, that's on them. That's up to them. That's not why you have these protests. Um, and these protests now must continue in one for, form or the other. And I think taking kind of um, inspiration from things like Black Lives Matter, it shows that if you're consistent in your protesting, it doesn't have to be the most spe spectacular thing. But if you're consistent, people will listen. And the system can't continue if football matches can't continue. And today, the biggest club game in the world could not happen because of football fans saying that they will not have their sport taken away from them. Well, that's the point, isn't it, Rob? You know, the the focus, and there are some that focus on the negatives we saw, you know, as you said, look, if, if someone's going to be an idiot, they're the ones that are putting themselves at risk. But when the majority are doing something good, and, and that's kind of where I'm sitting on this and the whole protest. But before we wrap up, Rob, I want to address the 50 plus one because there are questions about this. You know, Heli Senkish, that she doesn't think it will necessarily work mm. everywhere. Germany is not England. That's a really great point because we're a capitalist uh, nation, obviously. And the idea of taking an asset which is worth that much, you know, four billion, let's say, and, and essentially forcing someone to sell it or taking them off them, that's that goes against everything that you know, that this country stands for economically. You look at the 50 plus one model. I think it's a great model, but it also, you also have a big disparity in the amount of uh, financial power and, and funds that some of these clubs have. You're looking at Bayern Munich right now and they're just, they've just taken Nagelsmann from, from Leipzig. They, they just completely uh, pillage their league and they buy all the best talent. And, it, and it's almost, a, it's a way well, it is a one man league. And you think about what Klopp did in 2011, 2012 for the double with Dortmund and it makes it even more impressive. But, um, you know, ultimately when you have a 50 plus one model, it means that, Obviously, the fans own 51%. So Bayern is owned by a company, which is owned by the fans, 51%. And then there's three other big companies, Adidas, I believe, Allianz, and there's one more, Audi, that own the rest of the 49% the between them. But how would that work here, Rob? How can, you, how can you turn around, unless the government obviously implement legislation, but how can you turn around and take 51% or make the, the Glazers sell 51%, give it to the fans. How is that possible? Because at the end of the day, it's almost as if Manchester United is too big to to sell. And for me, I don't think it's a, it is actually a, a viable option. I really don't. I love the sentiment of it. I love the idea. Football is, the money's too crazy in football, I think, especially in the Premier League, to do that. I think where United will have success is actually getting the glazers to sell now i know that's even more difficult in some respects but that's the only way and unfortunately then then you're opening yourself up to possibly people worse than the glazers you know you don't know who's going to come in who's got human right uh, abuse um, allegations against them or whatever so you know talk to the listeners a bit about sort of 50 plus one your thoughts on that possible model and uh how can the glazers how can unite actually get the glazers yeah there's a lot to unpack there because you've got to kind of take it stage by stage. Now, you said we're a kind of capitalist nation. I think you could look at it another way and say we are a greedy nation. So greed is good. The Gordon Gecko world of Wall Street, and we kind of subscribe to that in the UK, don't we? That's how it is. We're kind of quite happy that wealth flows to the top 
as long as we're at the top somewhere and that wealth comes to us. So the Glazers are part of that. And that's what football is. Football's been marketing itself in that way for a long time. How can you do it? How does it work? Well, no owner, you're right, is going to give up 50, 51% of their their football club. They're not going to do it. Not for something that's worth billions and billions. The only way to do it is to convince government that there is a way for fans to have a bigger say in the running of all football. We're not just talking about Manchester United, but all football in general in this country that benefits the sport, both in the terms of maybe saying profitability, but also in a way of maybe keeping the harmony. So, so you keep fans engaged because like I just said there, you know, if Manchester United fans turn their back, say every 1 billion of them turn their back tomorrow on Manchester United. There is no club. There is no asset. There is no investment. So there's that side of it. So the government have to kind of make this choice about how does it restructure one of its major industries? Because that's what, what they would have to do. Do I think the Conservatives are the right party to do that? Obviously not, because they are they are greedy capitalists and they are for free markets. And the Premier League attracting all of this free market interest over 20 years has been designed. It's not a mistake. You know, they've, they've got to where they are because that's where they want to be. But I do think with the kind of the goings on the last two weeks with the Super League and with the way that those six owners from outside of the UK primarily said that we're going to take your football clubs. You know, we just had Brexit, haven't we? Where people voted for this kind of separation between the UK and the rest of the world because they wanted to be more British or whatever, or whatever reasons they've got. And here we are now saying, well, we'll just take your football clubs out of them and put them in Europe and, and like put them in a European Super League. I don't think the British populace is really into that. That's not going to happen. So this kind of Brexit government that we have are going to look at things like that and say, ah, do we make some populist policy now for football? So I agree with obviously the comments there. What's saying, you know, it's not it's not easy. It's not something that you can do overnight. It would be a process. But we're having this fan-led review that kind of goes live tomorrow. And that's really important. It's about the state and the health of English football. And it starts there. It starts on Monday about how do we find the right way. What's important is that fans are consulted on how football clubs are run. You know, and it's not even good enough, Hader, just to have, say, a rich owner who is a fan. That's not the right way either because you're always going to get compromised. So I tell you what, there's plenty of billionaires around the world that support Man United. Plenty. Lots of them who'd love it and would love yeah. to stamp that, to get this football badge on their chest yeah. and put it on their merchandise and their product and say, I own this. You yeah. know, your next kind of Elon Musk, someone who comes along and says, look at me, I'm going to change the world. And Manchester United are part of that. We've seen it with Arsenal with this last week. I'm not convinced that's the best thing for Arsenal. I really not because they're saying it might be a, a fan-led kind of consortium, but will it really be? So what you need is legality. You need some political slant to make sure the clubs are protected. You're right. In Germany, Bayern dominate and Bayern have all the financial might. And when they want someone, what do they do? They go and knock on the door and say, come on. And they get good prices, Rob, as well. You know, if, for example, we look at Havertz, Havertz was sold to Chelsea for what, 85 yeah. million. If Bayern probably wanted him, they could probably knock off 20, 30 but, million to get him. English football as a sport is much more on a level playing field because the teams have got more equality. So even though we've got all of these owners, you know, Manchester City can go to a bottom of the league team and lose. It can happen, you know. So that's what we're trying to keep alive, I think, with our sport and with the Premier League. And that's why the Premier League's good, not because it's technically always the best. Now, we do a show on technique and we um, and 
and tactics and all of that. And it's not always the case that English football is the best for those things. But what it is good for is that it's, it's a fairly flat league. Like you can go to a mid-table team and get hammered. You know, the top clubs all know this. Whereas Bayern Munich can tottle along and win every week and kind of win their titles, you know, over the years very, very quickly for a season. So we're not promoting that. We're not kind of saying we want a one-team system or anything like that. We're looking at some kind of say uh, on the football boards that the boards have representation. And now what I think might happen is this, is that all of this pressure might force the owners to implement these systems themselves. Why? So they can maintain their power base while also giving the fans what they want. So if I'm Joel Glazer and I'm the Glazer family, I've got options. My one option is this. I value the football club. Now, what's Arsenal going for? Two to four billion, something like that. I bet you can double those numbers for Manchester United when you look at the investment, yeah? So that's one side of it. So I could sell my football club for four to eight billion, something like that. And do you know what? If I really wanted a seller, I could find one tomorrow. I'm always told that there's no buyers for Manchester United and it's rubbish because there's lots of billionaires who would love Manchester United. It's just about finding the right buyer if you want to sell. Now, I don't think the Glazers want to sell as it stands. That's one of the, the kind of tripping points. I think when you look at what, what would I do with my with my club, if I take that money and run and I can go back to my NFL franchise, I can go do all of my stuff that I do. That's one thing. But my money's then not growing. So what else can I find? Well, what I could do is sell this to the fans and say, come to me, come to the football club and we will make you a stakeholder. We will allow you to buy into a profit scheme. You can buy into the team, spend you know, £1,000 for your 0.0000001 share. And I can give you some little bit of power. And it means that on the board, we will then have to listen to you. But, and this is the most important bit, as the Glazers, as a family, we still take virtually all the profits. Like you just said there about Adidas and the involvement with Bayern Munich and how it all works. That's how the structure works. Germany is a capitalist country. Let's remember this. Yeah, so we're also a capitalist country. It's just that we're very different. It may be mindset. That's what I think is more likely to happen, but it's going to be a drawn out process, Haydar. You know, we're not ever going to get any owner giving up that amount of uh, stakeholding, but there's every chance that they could reform themselves to say, do you know what? We got some things wrong and we understand that to continue making the money that we make, we're going to do this for you now. And we're now going to sit down at a table and talk to you. When for 16 years, they've not talked to anyone. They've not ever spoken to us. Just to address one last thing. Just to address one last thing that you said, and this is really, really important, is that Manchester United could get sold to someone that makes me, as a football cl- football fan, walk away from Manchester United. Uh, and that is a problem. The Glazers are are bad owners, but you know what? They're not the worst owners in the world. They really, really are not. You know, they're bad capitalists. We know their background. We know what they want to do. But I'm telling you this, I do not want us to become part of a sports washing project that some other football clubs have become. Those fans might be happy with it. Why? because they've got trophies for it. They've got big names for it, big footballers, big transfer fees, whatever. This is not about that. I would happily see my football club relegated to the bottom of the whole pyramid if it meant we could start again with the correct way of being and we didn't win anything. Because it's about how you respect your team and what you mean. When you sing there, when you're at Old Trafford singing, you don't sing just because it's trophies are coming. You sing because you're passionate about you, the club. You love your club. 
Yeah. And it doesn't matter. And, and I go, you know, I've, you know, I go with my job to multiple games and I see, and it's the same everywhere that you love that club for the right reasons. And that's why you sing. That's why you turn up. That's why you buy the kit. And I'm, and it's the same for United fans. I don't believe that there's fans in old Trafford, you know, I'm, I'm an old man now I've seen other old men and women. And we all say the same things, you know, we're, we're there because of, of the love of the team because of how we feel about the team. We're not there because we expect that a trophy at the end of it and we get the trophy and then we go, Oh, happy days. We're, we're there. That's the other goal of it. That's the sport. But where's the sport if you take your team out and go into a closed league? So I think that that is kind of the three or four scenarios that are most likely. There is also maybe a red Knights option. I, couldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that re, re bubble up again, where you you'll find it will be a consortium of United fans or people who say that they're, they do good as for United. Uh, and a few ex-players as well might get involved. Yeah, in that, but, yeah. But, but why would they get involved? Like, you think about it. Like, why, why would ex-players get involved? Like, I've heard this about Arsenal and the three or four names. That's all just lip service. It's about the owner of Spotify being a billionaire. That's what yeah. it's about. And about Thierry Henry. What's Thierry Henry going to do? He's not going to do anything for Arsenal. It's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. It's like saying to Roy Keane, you know what United about. Come and run us. It doesn't work like that. He's not going to yeah. get a place on the board. Rob, I just want to bring up a quick... Um, a quick sort of comment here from Best in Canton. I was saying, mm. talking to the fans, it's about Joel Glazer and Avram Glazer, all of them. I'm afraid it's too late that sometimes there's no building bridges. But here's a good point here as well. Let, let's talk about it quickly before we wrap up. You know, we had the the fan fans meeting with Woodward. And this is a great point here. Joel Glazer had the opportunity Friday, but still sent sacrificial lamb Woodward out there instead. The, the person who is leaving, the person who you know, by all accounts, apparently oppose the European Super League. Look, Woodward has blood on his hands, but that's the point, isn't it? You know, even after the whole European Super League issue, even after this apology that came out from the Glazers where they're trying to rebuild trust when there was never there any there in the first place, the reality is, Rob, they don't care. And, and that's sort of the question we'll end with is, um, you know, will they take notice? Will they take stock of what's happened? Or is it just a case of they'll see it and be like, again, we don't care. Because that's that's a problem, isn't it? That that's how they that's how they operate. At the end of the day, the money's coming in. Man United are making money. They don't really care that much about the the other stuff. What they care about is their money. They care about their investment. They care about how their investment grows and why they're in it. What's the reason for them to be in it? I'll tell you this: the Glazers are watching today. Yeah, this has been beamed all around the world, and for the first time in sixteen years. They might still have that thick skin that they've always had. And like you said there, the question that, that was posed was there about uh, putting Woodward forward. Unfortunately, Ed Woodward's still going to have to be the guy that talks to fan forums and puts his head out on the chopping block. He gets paid for it. He's still at the football club at the moment. But he was the one that said he wanted to remain in the Premier League and in the Champions League. So we know that as kind of confirmed information at the moment. But the Glazers are going to still not really want to talk to any of us, whether it be journalists or football fans or whoever. Because when you talk, you have to make promises, Haydar. And when you make promises, it becomes a problem, doesn't it, in, in business terms? So the Glazers are aware of this, that if they stay quiet, that they can kind of get away with as much as possible. They can just get on with it and go and pay Tom Brady a lot of money and you know look at the NFL franchise and look at their other businesses and all of those things. There's more nuance around it than that, but that's kind of where they lie. That's where their headspace is. But what, what would I do now if I was the Glazers? I would be watching this and thinking, if this carries on, where do we stand in this? How do we either stop it or how do we quell it 
or how do we just run? What do we do? How do you know all of their people they work with? And I'm talking about the sponsors and their creditors and their banks and everyone else are going to be looking at this and going, this is now a bad stock. I'd be interested to see where the share prices go, Rob, if I'm honest. If anyone has got that in front of me, great. Just chuck it in the comments. The the share price will suffer, but only with continued protests. And once, you know, when a share price price suffered, that this is the way to really hurt an ownership is that, is perception and you know the share the share index is a perception it's 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 speculating to accumulate so everyone that kind of throws money at manchester united who are big time investors they do it because they speculate that united will always be a top brand they they speculate that things will always go well not necessarily on a football pitch but in terms of selling shirts with adidas etc etc all the things we've talked about that we don't need to go back over again but once that share price dips a little you got to remember just a small dip can be worth hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions. Yeah, small, small dip. And that is enough to put the frighteners on any billionaire because money is not a bottomless pit. And the, the Glazers know this. So there is that chance that the Glazers go, we're out, we're off, bye-bye. I don't think they'll say that in the short term, certainly not this season. But they might look at it a different way to Florentino Perez. So Florentino Perez, who is the kind of matriarch of Real Madrid, He's not going anywhere ever, you know, unless those fans chuck him out, but they're not going to. He's not going anywhere. anywhere. And he's got the arrogance and the backing and all the Champions League trophies to, to say why he's not going anywhere. The Glazers do not have the same acumen. They do not have the same support. They don't have support on the ground with fans. Like, I mean, there's not even a small section of fans going, oh, but the Glazers are all right. The ones that are saying that on Twitter are idiots. Yeah, they're, you know, idiots. they're the ones that are, that are not connected to the football club. So they might say, they might give their blessing to the ownership. And I had a few people tweet me, say, uh, say, oh, what you're suggesting is is not capitalism. You're suggesting communism. That's what it is. You want a communist football they're club. They're apologists, like, Rob. That's the problem. And they're also the same people, Rob, that but, turn around you know, and say... I'm not, I'm not even going to call them apologists. They're just idiots. You don't even have to listen. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're not apologising for anything. They just they just want to shout on Twitter like a lot of people do. It's how it is. You know, it's, yeah. it is what it is. So you leave it at that. But it's it's... The Glazers do not have that backing on the ground in the way that they would need to secure their own position and to secure the football club. They don't have that backing in the press. The press don't love them. They've just gone and tried to ruin the whole of English football. So they don't even have that backing in the Premier League. There's 19 other clubs, or you could say at least 16, who would really quite like to see the Glazers go now. They don't even want to sit with them at a table, Haydar. These things are more important than someone throwing a camera at Old Trafford onto a football pitch, which we will now see all night long. That's much more important because these things mean things. And the share price will dip and the big business companies that invest in Man United will be going, maybe we won't take your call this week. And if they don't take the Glazers' call, there's every chance that something happens. Yeah, very well said, Rob. I'm going to wrap up now, but what I will say is that I'm I'm – very proud of the fan base today, Rob. You know that that was a great turnout. We shouldn't let the minority, as you said, the one that the people that vandalized or threw a camera on the floor, we shouldn't let them overshadow what a fantastic effort today was, how great it was visually, being able to get a fixture postponed. This is going to be spoken about now across the world. You know, this is Manchester United versus Liverpool, the biggest fixture in football for me. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, this is where fans should take positivity from this that this is just a start more of these protests with more unity greater numbers 
and change can happen. I, I really do believe that. I think change can happen because, like, as I sort of referred to before about the civil rights movement and stuff like that, we're still kind of talking about racism in our own game, aren't we? So you can't cure everything with one action. You never can. But if you can show that enough people feel the same way, and this is what I've always said about the billion Man United fans, you know, if you've got, say you've got protests all around the world, Hader, genuine protests of United fans, the Chinese United fans, the Indian United fans, the United fans in Africa, the United fans in America, American football fans that love Man United that don't like the Glazers, you suddenly have something very, very different on your hands. I will never advocate anything that looks violent. I will never advocate anything that looks in that way over the top where the kind of maybe suffocating the message that we're all trying to put out there. But like you said, and I do believe this, you know, every one out of a hundred is going to be an idiot is going to do something stupid in a crowd of people. Uh, I think the police seem to do their jobs well today in terms of controlling the crowd. I think we'll see more police at games now. I think that will be a thing. Uh, but I'm pleased that so far that we've not heard of any reports of any kind of extremity because ultimately this isn't kind of a, uh, this isn't terrorism. We're not trying to find a way to, to kind of burn down institutions, but we do want our say. We want to find a way to reshape these institutions. And maybe the Premier League will listen. Maybe the Premier League are watching this, Haydar, and going, we're the ones that might have to change this. The Glazers are not going to change Manchester United, but hey, we can change English football because it's actually their lives on the line as well and their, and their livelihoods as, as an organisation. You know, the Premier League would have been defunct as a product in two or three years' time simply because they would have been crowning Burnley as the champions of their league. And they don't want to crown Burnley as the champions of their league. No offence to Burnley. They want to crown United, Liverpool, Arsenal, City, the big clubs. That's what they want because that's what sells. That's how they make money. But if they can reform their own house and help us along the way as a football club, then there's every chance that change can happen. So fans must have hope. Carry on. Have hope. But support your football club in the right way, yeah? Understand what it means. You know, a tweet is one thing, and it's good to show your discourse. But I thank every one of those fans that turned up at Manchester United today at Old Trafford because I could see where they all were today. And I was just thinking, yeah, this is the way it has to be. You've got to be there. You've got to experience it. And let's hope that, you know, we don't have COVID issues and that doesn't get thrown at us because that's what happened with Black Lives Matter, wasn't it? It was like, oh, you shouldn't be at these protests because that's, that's what the narrative will be. I fully expect yeah, the, the narrative, narrative will be. Yeah, yeah, it'll be the narrative will be the COVID thing. I, I already had um, someone just I saw it on Twitter just say that you know he this person's mm. getting slammed for the fact that COVID and uh, apparently violence. You know, and this is a problem. You know, the, the media will focus in on yeah. there, there is a police officer I believe who has got a, a damage to, and we condone that. That is that is not right at all. You know, there is a glass door that's been kicked in. No, I've seen the video. That. We don't yeah, contone yeah. that. And I have seen that. We've all seen the, the, the camera get thrown. But at the end of the day, 99.9% .9 of the fans went there with good intentions and they went there for the love of their club and the love of their team and they want to make something happen. And at the end of the day, that's what we should be focusing on, Rob. We shouldn't and, be focusing on the, the... And the media will spin it, Rob. They are going to say... Today, today was not hooliganism, right? No. Just, like I said, this is not hooliganism and there was no sign of it. There was no weapons. There was no ultras. This is Manchester United supporters, people who turn up for games and love this football club and are going to be here long after this ownership have gone. When they've cashed in and they've gone, oh, we got 8 billion quid from a Saudi consortium. Thanks a lot. We're off. We're back to America. We don't care whether we registered you in the Cayman Islands or wherever you are. 
it's going to be those fans that remain. So it's important that we have our say. And it's important that it said every week now, Haydar, it's got to keep, it's, it can't be one, it can't be just one thing. It can't be the day that United versus Liverpool got cancelled and we go in 20 years in the future. Oh, do you remember that day? But we're still run by the Glazers. There has to be change. But I think the, the system has to change. It has to come from the Premier League. It has to come from government. And if you get those two things on your side, then there's every chance the fans can win this. Absolutely. And before we wrap up, I will say, guys, keep on going. Keep on with, you know, the hashtag Glazers out or hashtag get the Glazers out. Keep on going with it. Don't let them off the hook. We are starting to see, you know, the fan base unite against the, the common enemy. And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. So, Rob, thank you very much, guys. Make sure you check out our website, www.thefootballmasterclass.com. Rob um, will be writing his articles on there. You can find all the podcasts. You know, it'd be really great if you guys could check that out. Have a lovely rest of the weekend, long weekend, and we will see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.